Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter, and we're reading it together with pastors from around the country. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 52 today, and this this has got to be the only place this happens. Isaiah 52 has both the reading that we hear on Christmas Day every year, that reading that begins, uh, it's in verse 7, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. And that's right next to the part where we have a reading from Good Friday every year. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and all the rest. Wow. So we've got Christmas Day and Good Friday both smack right next to each other in the same chapter. This is a very unique chapter. Uh, what sort of transition is going on here or juxtaposition? So very interesting. Uh, happy to be taking a look at this with one of our regular guests. We've got Pastor Curtis Dieterding, pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida. Good morning. Welcome back, brother. And I mean, th this is a pretty unique situation here as far as the lectionary goes, right? It sure is. And I'm glad that you took the time to look to see exactly where those were. I knew the Christmas one. I wasn't uh, completely familiar with the Good Friday one. But um, as you lay that out, it, it, it makes more and more sense, especially whenever we get to some of the Messianic um, passages that we see here in this, in this, in this particular chapter. Right. Well, it, it is it is pretty interesting that this chapter, it, it sort of feels like this is one of these chapters that isn't really its own chapter, because right around verse 13, uh, and this is at least how it is in the ESV, it, it begins the section that continues into chapter 53, which is this very Good Friday-sounding chapter to us. Yes. And, and, and it yeah. starts off with stuff that feels like it's just kind of continuing the previous chapter. So uh, it is sort of perhaps it's blending these things together, but I, I do think there is perhaps a little more continuity uh, between the two parts than, than we might think. It, it, might, it might be easy to say like, well, this is totally one thing. This is totally Christmas and this is, you know, happy. You know, this is totally Good Friday sad, but, but, but maybe there's actually a little bit more um, a little bit of a smoother transition than we might think. Right. I mean, I, really, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, you're you're seeing what is being uh, told to the people of God concerning those things that are coming, uh, the things that uh, start, as we know, of course, uh, in, in a humble uh, start there in Bethlehem, uh, up to Jerusalem. And so it's, it is, it's very, it's very uh, interesting to see how it transitions uh, from the promise of the of the coming salvation and what's going on with the, the the beautiful city of Jerusalem, the holy city that's that we're looking forward to, and Zion and all that all that language that comes with the watchman and so forth, and then you get all the way over to, uh, like you said, the close. It's uh, it's interesting that those who are deciding chapters and verses and where those those would start, uh, that why they didn't start on verse thirteen is like chapter or verse one of yeah. chapter fifty three. That would have been uh, that w that seems like it would have made more sense, at least as we read this and as we understand uh, how these things actually came to be. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, to to have these back to back like this is really, I mean, this is the whole of um, what God had sent Christ Jesus in this world to to uh, to bring to us and to and to do uh, on our behalf. And of course, carrying into in chapter fifty three, which is uh, almost memorized by those who uh, have uh, you know recollection of what Isaiah is saying concerning the work of Jesus Christ on the cross right. and through the grave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we'll be getting to that. Uh, I think it's actually we'll be getting to that next week. But, yeah, certainly those words from chapter 53, the next chapter, you know, surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted, right? Those are very memorable yeah. words um, in many yeah. of our of our hymns and liturgies and uh, yeah so we are in in many ways uh, laying the groundwork for that and and getting the introduction getting the ball rolling for all of that so important stuff here in chapter 52 
that we understand how it connects to the rest of the book of Isaiah as we've been uh, going along here bit by bit. So good stuff today. Good stuff today. Would you go ahead and open us with a prayer for us and for everybody listening as we turn to this chapter? Absolutely. Lord, this is a this is a season, the season of Advent that we uh, anticipate much uh, coming, uh, especially the anticipation of, of celebrating in so many special ways throughout your church, uh, your first coming in the humble beginnings there in, in Bethlehem, in a manger, uh, to be king over all, over all of us, uh, one who would grow up and actually become the suffering servant, the one who would be wounded for our transgressions. We pray that you would be with us now as we uh, take in and uh, absorb and soak into our, into our spirit and into our soul all that you have to say to us concerning your coming with salvation and how that salvation was won for us as we start to get a taste of that today from your word. We ask that it would feed us and nourish us as we continue to grow in the salvation and the grace that you have promised to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose most precious and holy name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, let's take a look here at just the first two verses. And I think if we just read the first two verses, it's going to become clear how this does really truly tie in with what we read yesterday in Isaiah 51. Um, There's some pretty strong connections. So let's take a look at just this first little section here, beginning with the first verse of chapter 52, English Standard Version here in Isaiah. Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion, put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for there shall no more come into you the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake yourself from the dust and arise, be seated, O Jerusalem, loose the bonds from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. So beautiful words of gospel, and I and I think that's exactly why someone originally, you know, uh, back in you know medieval times, uh, put this chapter fifty two here because I think they were marking, hey, look, there's some really awesome gospel right here. It seems like that's a little bit of a pattern that you add these kind of extra chapter divisions to make this clear. But uh, th- this part here, awake, awake, it as the ESV notes. Uh, is a very strong parallel with what we read yesterday, back in uh, chapter 51, verse 17. Wake yourself up, wake yourself up, stand up, O Jerusalem, you who have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath. So it's very much uh, the development of the same idea. No, No more wrath, you've had your fill, it's time for something else. Right, right. And I, you know, when I look at these words, I mean, they are reaching back into chapter 51, and especially to those verses as well, because, I mean, you know, what are they waking up from? They're waking up from all the hopelessness that they had. Yes. Uh, they're waking up from, uh, you know, the, the fact that they've, they've been under all of this, of God's wrath. You know, he kept his promise. Uh, you know, they were unfaithful to him, and now they were being punished. And so they are down. Uh, you know, I think of that. I think of the secular tune. It's it's real catchy. You know, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Oh and I yeah. think to myself, this is what the Lord is saying. You know, these people yes. have been knocked down. Right. Uh, you know, in their in their uh, and, and now they're in despair. They're in hopelessness, and He's going to pick them up again. It's not I pick right. myself up, but God is doing this. God is doing the work here, and He's now telling them though in verse two, shake yourself from the dust and arise. It's almost like come out from the dead. You know, get up from the dust uh, yeah. and arise. Uh, be seated, uh, O Jerusalem. You know, we're going to lift you up into a higher place now. And right. uh, every time that we're lifted up or we think of the lifting up or the higher place, we think of life. We think of God right. uh, reviving, restoring us again. Right. Yeah, definitely resurrection language. I mean, uh, that that word, um, in Greek anyway, the, the Greek word that's used for resurrection literally means standing up. Uh, and and that yeah. verb, right, to, to to raise up as into like raise from the dead is is the word to to make stand, right? And so uh, definitely very strong connection uh, between the, those two actions, those verbs. And uh, what well, the other thing I think is striking, we have this connection to fifty one, and that you know it's kind of like you're you're on the ground, uh, you're in this kind of stupor from drinking the the wine of wrath from the cup, right? So it's like get up, awake you know, uh, shake off the, the, the this sort of inebriation 
time to wake up. So you have that connection. But there's also this connection to chapter 47 that we read a little bit ago, um, because it also says here in these opening verses, put on beautiful garments, right? Shake off the dust. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's time. It, it's time for you to become the the royalty, to be seen as the royalty that you truly are, that you re- that you really have been all along, which is a, a very striking contrast within 47, where there's the humiliation of Babylon, where it says, Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground without a throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans, right? And it says in uh, verse 2, strip off your robe, uncover your legs, pass through the rivers. So almost the opposite. There it's, you know, take take off the beautiful dress, right? And it's time for you to sit in the dust. And here it's shake the dust off yep. and put, put on the dress. So it's this image of... Uh, I mean, I think it's this con- really powerful contrast that in Revelation looks like the bride of Christ. Right. You know, I, as I was reading back at in, in these verses in the, in the last chapter, you know, you you pointed out uh, verse 17. Um, it, it's interesting how verse 17 then connects with the final verses of that particular chapter, verses 21 through 23, and mm. how it's actually really 21, 22 more so in that, you know, their affliction or their um their you know their punishment that they've received this wrath from god um that they've drank because uh, it says you know those who have drunk to the dregs of the bowl are staggering right. i mean it, it, they're 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 describing them as being like drunk not knowing what's going on kind of right. just all over the place you know they don't know what to do and 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 uh, it's almost like a it's like a, a boxer you know that's been really stunned you know yes. he might have been down and then he's trying to get up and he's just staggering and he's like he's a drunk you know that's kind of how we look yeah. at that and these folks yeah. have been hit hard they yeah. have been hit hard and uh, and 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 God is you know using that punishment to help them learn uh, a lesson about their disobedience toward him their they're uh, they're turning away from him and 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 hopefully through this they are going to learn that God is the one who had given them strength to begin with and now is going to show them that strength again by by lifting them up and getting them out of this this mess that they find themselves in right it's a very strong re- reversal theme of you know both here uh, as you were pointing out you know that the cup passes from Jerusalem uh, Judah to the enemies of God and so similarly, you know, the contrast with the, the, the getting up and uh, going down, it, as Babylon falls, Zion is lifted high. So a reversal on, on both counts, both with the cup and with the, the falling and the rising here. And then this reversal theme just continues here in, in verse 3. Let's go ahead and read the next few verses here. We'll, we'll pause before uh, verse 7, since that's just, there's, there's our Christmas Day reading in verse 7. So we'll go up to that, to verse 6. For thus says the Lord, You were sold for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord God, My people went down at the first into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them for nothing. Now therefore, what have I here, declares the Lord, seeing that my people are taken away for nothing? Their rulers wail, declares the Lord, and continually all the day my name is despised. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, in that day, they shall know that it is I who speak. Here I am. So uh, some very interesting turns of phrase here. Uh, I mean, particularly, I, I mean, the, this you were sold for nothing. And this kind of for nothing without money uh, seems to be repeated a few times. And it seems to go all the way back to uh, when when e- Israel as a people w- was in Egypt, so what's this uh, you know, for nothing without money idea here? You know that 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 intrigued me whenever I saw it because as I was reading through it, I remember reading through it the first time here in the English. You know, I was thinking to myself, you know, for for nothing meant to me that they they hadn't done anything to to deserve yeah. any of this, and yet that was not what. Uh, I had discovered, and especially, well, even in the commentary um, here in my ESV, you know, uh, whenever they were talking about uh, that, you know, the Assyrians oppressed them 
for nothing. You know, they were they were saying that they did this without discernible guilt, um, which is kind of an interesting translation. I was like, I didn't get that by just reading that initially. Um, but uh, you know, it when when you look at this, it's like, you know, they did this just out of for no reason is what I, is the way in which I had uh, interpreted it originally. You know, that therefore declares the Lord, see that my people are taken away uh, for no reason. It didn't seem to fit again. So it's like, yeah, um, it goes back yeah, no, you're, to really. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, like, I, I had the same initial reaction because, I mean, Isaiah has has so much said this bad stuff's going to happen to you absolutely for good cause, absolutely for good reason, right? It's because of your sins, right? right? Exactly. And, and, you've, exactly. It, and we've seen this a lot even since chapter 40 that, you know, there's, there's the language we saw a couple chapters ago when, when uh, you had the language of comfort that was saying like, hey, you know, I haven't forgotten about you. I've not abandoned you. The only reason why this wrath was poured out on you is because of the sin, right? And, I mean, I mean, so it's yeah. like, it's very explicit and, and re- repeated as, as a strong theme. So to, to say kind of without uh, without cause, because that is a very common usage of that Hebrew word that we have here. Um, elsewhere, you know, it, it shows up like in the Psalms, like, you know, they, they have, they've made these accusations against me without cause. It's the same word, right? So right. That, that, that doesn't seem to really fit, but... There is this other sense, um, as as you were saying, uh, of like without receiving compensation, and that does actually that is what it literally says. Um, the second part of verse three: "You shall be redeemed without money." So perhaps here, the, the way to make sense of it is to take it as not like for no cause, but like you know for, for I don't know, like for free or like without you know without getting anything. Um, what 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 do you think? Does that make any more sense to you, putting it that way? Well, yeah. Whenever, you, yeah. We, well, you use the word redeemed. You know that puts a different light on it because you know the, the redeeming aspect, of course, is the the uh, you know paying for or buying uh, back. You know the people uh, of God, and so I mean that that touches on the redeeming of God. Uh, that it doesn't cost us anything. You know, it cost him everything, uh, including his life. I mean, that's that's interesting that you had had uh, mentioned it and said it that way. Um, I'm thinking in terms of, uh, and, and 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 I have not studied this this deeply. So maybe maybe you have looked at this a little bit deeper. But when we're looking at this again, I'm sitting here going, um, you know, the Assyrians, if they truly have oppressed them. For nothing, and if we if we go with the idea that um, they did not really have a motive or a reason to do that, uh, almost shows that this power of God in the promise that the enemies would carry them away um, is fulfilled uh, by them through God's motivating them to do this for their punishment, not something that they had a reason why they did this uh, that was like you know uh, confused with what God's purpose was, that God uses nations to accomplish his work, and in this case, um, carrying away uh, the uh, the people of God. Again, I have not studied it deep enough to, to know if that is truly what's going on here, but as I'm looking at what happened to the people of God right. and who actually took them in, it's not just by their own doing. God, God's will is fulfilled in what he pr- promised. And uh, right. the same thing is true of, of our Savior, of Jesus, as well, as we move toward uh, that that work that we're going to see here in a little bit. Yeah, I actually, I really like that suggestion. I mean, like the idea, and, and we saw this, you know, back when, when we uh, were doing the Psalms 105 and 106 with uh, for, for Thanksgiving. In, in Psalm 105, we, we had actually, it's a, it's a very fascinating psalm because it goes and it retells the story of the Exodus, but it puts so much more of the agency on God. It says, you know, God was the one who made Joseph get sold into slavery. And it was God who made the Egyptians turn against his people in, in slavery. And it was God who made the famine happen. I mean, so that idea, like you're suggesting that, I mean, really did, did Egypt like have like that much to gain by the, the, the ruthlessness and the oppression of Israel, did, did Assyria really have that much to gain by oppressing this like little 
I mean, relatively speaking, right. kind of like, you know, spec on the map kind of thing. Like, not really. Was it really worth the trouble? You know, I mean, uh, you look, mm-hmm. you look at me, of course, in hindsight and you're like, you know, what, when the angel of the Lord comes and strikes them down, it's like, no, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't worth the trouble. So, I mean, I liked, I liked the suggestion, this idea that, you know, it's, uh, it, it's not like they're really getting their, their troubles worth, but it is in fact, God who is, uh, pulling the strings here and moving things. It makes sense. Um, in the context of, of verse six, where it says, therefore, my people shall know my name. And at the end, it says, here I am. You know, that's that's the same, you know, here I am of, uh, you know, of Abraham, you know, like, you know, Hineni is the Hebrew, right? You know, here I am, like, speak, right. you know, um, yeah, like, I'm ready, I'm ready to do what I need to do, right? So there is this uh, sense, I think, here of it, it's time that everyone knows that I have been the one behind all of this. And they're going to know in a big way that I'm the one who's behind all of this. Cause I mean, you know, in, in the end, when per, when, um, when Cyrus lets the Israelites go, I mean, he's not going to get a whole lot out of that either. It's going to cost him a lot of money. Um, in fact, <laughs> which is kind of ironic in this context, um, it's going to cost him a lot of money, but he's not going to get like, nearly as much as he spends right which which is perhaps a little bit of the 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 idea here so it's god who's moving everything uh it's not it it doesn't really add up you could say if you remove god's agency and purpose from the picture right right and 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 i like how uh, you know we're looking at therefore my people shall know my name you know yeah it's going to be my name that's going to be and and you know when you connect that with uh you know, I, I can't help but think of the Lord's Prayer when Jesus was teaching us to say the petition, you know, hallowed be thy name. Yeah. You know, it is the name of God that uh, is the name in which we become part of the community of the Christian faith, too, in the in the body of Christ, and that we receive the name of God uh, at our baptism. So this is this is some powerful language here, even for us who know uh, this powerful God and recognize all that he does. And that's, that's really another thing that runs through the Old Testament, too, is not just uh, knowing the name of God, but remembering what that name means as far as his might and his power at work among us. And that's, that's all just, just so much that's packed into that right here in this text. Right. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. It, it gets back to the meaning of the name of God. I mean, um, I, I mean, when, when God says, you know, here I am, it's because his name means, uh, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> like I'll, I'll be there with you. I mean, it, when he says, here I am, it's just, I mean, that's what his name means. He promised that he would be here, you know, that he would, that he would show up that, that is actually going back to that, the Hebrew sense of, uh, Yahweh. So, so he is here, um, and he is, he has shown up. We only have a minute here before our break, but let me just go ahead and read now this, this Christmas part. Um, and let's and we'll once we get back from the break, we can kind of consider, okay, now, how does this make sense? You know, why isn't it chapter fifty three right here? So I'll just read it for now uh, through verse ten, and we'll we'll pick it up after the break. These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 52. We were uh, just reading that section here, the Christmas Day reading, um, before we, we 
they had the music come on maybe a tad bit early. <laughs> Apologize for that. Um, we're going to go ahead and read the rest of this little section here between 7 and 10. Uh, but I do, before I get back into reading that, want to invite all of our live listeners. You may go ahead and call in with questions that you might have related to this chapter. If you have a question for me or for Pastor Dieterding, we've got two numbers for you. We have 1-800-730-2727. Or if you're in St. Louis, you can call 314-821-0850. Or you can always send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. Also, I want to not forget to give a little shout out to our underwriters of the Lutheran Heritage Foundation uh, on their website. If you go check that out, lhfmissions.org. They got a lot of really cool stuff here. They've got right now an article running about um, Lutheran's model, a new life to Buddhists. And so it's really interesting. You know, sometimes it feels like in America, you're like, oh, it just when was the last time I heard of someone you know, converting to Christianity from another religion. Well, it's actually happening all the time, all over the world. And so there's there's some really cool stories about, um, you know, in this case here, you know, uh, Buddhists who hear the gospel, who are brought into the fold here. So check that out, lhfmissions.org. So, uh, so yes, so Pastor Dieterding, uh, here we were in chapter 52. Let's go ahead and read now uh, the rest of that section here through verse 10. And let's get uh, some thoughts here. So I'll go ahead and actually just, I'll read verse seven over again. So picking it up. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. So uh, truly, just, uh, I mean, it, it is just so beautiful, triumphant. Uh, just there's, there is a profound sense of peace and joy. No wonder that these are the words that we hear read every Christmas Day. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just the whole understanding of what is coming. You know, we both uh, have, every time that we see these kinds of words, uh, we see in it um, really both the first and the second coming of Jesus. And, of course, we know yeah. that Jesus came to bring salvation, to bring redemption. Uh, he has fulfilled the work that needs to be done, and that that redemption, that salvation will be fulfilled totally and completely uh, with complete fulfillment uh, when he comes again. And so, I mean, these are just absolutely powerful words. This season of Advent that we're in right now, um, mm -hmm. you know, is a really kind of a continuation at the end of the church year whenever we've got all those readings about uh, the end days, the end times, right. the last day. And now it just really segues right into Advent because we're still god's people looking for his salvation to be fulfilled totally and completely in the end and so as we're looking at, at that we're also celebrating christ's first coming when he actually did the work that needed to be done in order to accomplish this for us and this it really uh, just kind of wraps that all up this the whole idea of zion and, and jerusalem in the language of the prophets is always pointing us to the, the heavenly places the the place where we will be uh, in the presence of god forever certainly that is sort of the genius of the church here right that the uh, the end is in the beginning and the beginning is in the end it, it very yeah. naturally loops around back in on itself and and you have this anticipatory theme, this this theme of uh, watching, right? And I think it was actually uh, yesterday that we had um, Pastor Doug Nicely on, and he was uh, reading from that hymn about about watching, and he was talking about that that tradition of you know watching in the night, waiting for the dawn, and uh, that there you have that in verse eight, you know, the voice of your watchman and. Um, you know, certainly for us, we we see that in you know in Christmas, we see that in um, the the new waiting for the new heaven and the new earth. But it, it does make sense in the context here too. You know, you mentioned that word redemption. You know, here we have it in verse nine. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Um, you know, there there we had it in verse three. You shall be redeemed without money. So 
it, it does it does just continue the the same theme you know here god's saying you know awake awake you know i mean it's like well wake up because here comes the dawn right you know wake right. up wake up you want you want your watchmen to be alert and to be able to see this um this this redemption that's that's coming this reversal you know when when god says you know here i am you want to be awake when he shows up i mean how many parables does our lord tell right you know be awake when he returns right so i mean it, it really does tie all together and you can see how you know for the exiles you know it, it's god saying you know hey guys you you want to you want to be awake for this when cyrus goes and lets you go back you want to take advantage of this opportunity this this is my grace to you it's time to go back home it's time to go back to jerusalem here is what it says right you waste places of jerusalem it, it's time to to rebuild the city and go back to the mountain of the lord exactly i mean it's just that the language here is so heavenly when you think about it you know you have the you have good news and peace and happiness and salvation and singing and you know you see all that language here in these words and and there's great joy to be had now because the salvation of the lord has come a salvation of their god uh and it's just this is this is who god is uh when it comes to um, his people. God is a gracious God, and we see that here. You know, one word that kind of stood out there in verse 7 uh, that doesn't seem to be, to make sense, it kind of seems out of place, is that word publishes. Mm. Uh, oh, we, yeah. We don't, we don't have that, at least not the usage that's being suggested <laughs> for this word here, you know. I mean, yeah. who who looks at the word publishes and thinks um, it has something to do with hearing but if you think about it, I mean, when something is published, uh, it is brought to someone's attention. And so uh, when they're talking yes. about bringing the good news of happiness, uh, the word publishing here is to, um, to, to someone's hearing, that they might hear it. Yes. And, of course, then it attaches to Romans chapter 10, which talks about, you know, the, the hearing, the importance of hearing the gospel. And the gospel, uh, you know, brings us uh, to the salvation, to this very gift that God is talking about and, re and talking about here with for the people of God. So, yeah, it's really interesting to uh, to see the depth of that word that kind of looks <laughs> out of place to us, you know, if we're not used to understanding that in that sense and how it's being used here um, in, in, the, in the sense of, of being able to hear about uh, the salvation that we have. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that's actually a really, really good point. I mean, like, and I think that, I think it's because the church tradition is so strong in, in these verses associating with the reading for Christmas day, that I think that trans is another one of those instances where translators are very reluctant to change the translation very much. And so this is, and I think another one of these things that's courtesy of the King James version. Uh, when you go back to the King James you know, like the, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings that publisheth peace. Right. And, um, you know, of course, you know, as you were saying today, publish means like, you know, uh, you know, put out a book or something like that, you know, <laughs> like you have an editor and a publisher and all of that. But, um, you know, kind of in the old school King James English publish just meant to make something public, right? That's where the pub part comes. Right. And so, to, to make it public, to make it known, as, as you were saying, the Hebrew is just kind of more literally to make people hear about it, um, to bring it into their hearing. So, yeah, it, it is it is interesting how you come to these kind of like well-known and treasured um, portions of Scripture, and, and the language can sound funny, and it's just because, well, we've been kind of reading this in church for a long time, and so the King James is sort of still with us, even if you're looking at the... Uh, the ESV or uh, even even the uh, well, I think actually the NIV finally updated it a little bit. I think they, they say proclaim peace, you know, um, but but yeah, certainly it's uh, yeah, it's an old tradition there. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very interesting, you know, just um, how you, you know, you look at all of this language that's being used and then to have that word in there. Uh, just uh, you know, needed some attention. <laughs> because, yeah. Um, and you, you don't really understand it until um, you understand something more about the language itself. Too. This is one of those instances. Right. It's not always that way, you know, throughout the yeah. scripture. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. 
That's right. Well, be, I, so I think overall, though, that's just a very it's very interesting to me to connect Christmas Day with the return from exile from Babylon. Oh. Like I like oh, like about, I feel you're like about a big Christmas for those people. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like your your Christmas present you is get. you get to come out of out, out of captivity. <laughs> you get to you know go back home. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, like what what an amazing I mean Christmas. I mean that's that that's bigger than any of the presents underneath the tree. I mean it's like we know that in Babylon there was lots of wealth, right? There was lots of stuff, but to be able to like go back home and be your own people again and you know worship god in 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 purity and truth i mean it's i mean like what what an amazing christmas morning that was so to speak right right and then i you know and of course um as they're now you know this is these are kind of preparatory words it's uh it's the thing that builds them up to give them the, the confidence now that God is going to be with them as they start to move out and as they start to be saved from this this mess, this this uh, this persecution that they've been under. Now God is going to uh, bring them uh, back to a land where uh, things are are going to be, um, and, and no pun intended, but kosher again when in their relationship <laughs> with God. Yeah. And uh, we're going to learn something of how God now is going to be with them and stay with them and continue to uh, protect and strengthen and, and all these things that happen when we are brought out of the doldrums of our sin into the, into the light and into the life that God wants us to have with him. Certainly. And, and the idea of so God being with them and, and uh, protecting them, I want to read the next two verses and, and make, a, make a connection here, because I think this is a really a really neat connection to make. And so that when you're looking at your, your nativity scenes and you're thinking about these Christmas themes, how th- this is a way that it powerfully brings this moment in salvation history into the fore here. So let's just read these next two verses here. Can I complete the thought in verses 11 and 12 here? So, okay, here's, here's Christmas morning, you know, and uh, what is it, like 538 BC, right? <laughs> Cyrus, Cyrus's decree, right? The first, you know, first Christmas or anticipatory Christmas. All right. Verse 11, depart, depart, go out from there, touch no unclean thing, go out from the midst of her, purify yourselves, you who bear the vessels of the Lord, for you shall not go out in haste, and you shall not go into flight, for the Lord will go with you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. There's no panicking here. Don't don't panic, don't worry. There's no worry. Mm -hmm. You know, all the things that, that... could be or will not be because God is with them. That's the whole. That's what I'm talking about. They're they're going to be comforted by the fact that God's strength. God is God is with them. He's present and He's not going to let any harm come to them at this point. Wow, right. what a transition from where they were to to now. And talk about yeah, we were talking about Christmas. You know, you think of the joy that that, that we we experienced just celebrating the birth of our of our King. Um, the, the the joy had to be just over the top. Uh, for these folks as they were making their way back uh, to Zion and to Jerusalem. Well, and it really connects, I mean, you know, so we had that in verse 6, you know, know, therefore in that day they shall know that as I who speak, here I am, right? Here I am, and here, hop in, I'm I'm taking you, I'm taking you with, you know, this isn't like, you know, Santa Claus shows up and it's like, here's your presence, it's like, here, hop in the sleigh, right? (laughs) And we're going to take off. It It reminds me, there's this cool moment um, in in uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, book uh, from the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where oh, yes. the wi- the winter, right, the, the the cursed evil winter, right, of the wicked, you know, white witch, is is ending, and things are starting to thaw, and Father Christmas shows up. It's finally it's finally Christmas, right? I mean, there, there's a really neat way that that I think fits really well with this re- like right. return from exile yeah. idea. Like the winter is over, right? We were talking about that. In fact, yesterday, like the, the, the long night, the long winter is over. It's thawing out. It's time for Christmas now. And, and father Christmas, if memory serves shows up 
and he actually i think he like actually puts the the children does he put the children like on his sleigh like maybe i'm making yeah, that up but I'm, I'm trying to remember I, I i remember there's something of the snow queen in there somewhere <laughs> yeah 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 but i mean they, they were they were right i mean like well at least um what was his name the, the traitor boy was it was it like edward or something like but like yes. he, he was actually riding along with the white witch before right, right. but but yeah. now there's yes, there's, there's father christmas yes, here right. right you know so anyways back, uh, slowly <laughs> yeah 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 but like it's so it's just very very cool imagery this idea and this is what we read about in ezra you know that that guy was was with ezra and the um people who are returning from exile right and yep. and it says this is interesting so you know here they are they're the ones who are bearing something they're bearing the vessels of the lord they're going to be taking back um you know i don't know well, this, let's go let's go ahead and tip my hand here they're going to be going and taking back gold and frankincense and myrrh and things like of this nature to beautify and rebuild the temple and so here they come they're leaving they're going to be leaving babylon and they're going to be going west um, and they're going to be going back to to this this light shining in jerusalem and so this is this is really interesting because this totally foreshadows the magi who come later from babylon from the east bringing these gifts uh, for the the newborn king right and so right. it's just really a really neat thought that when you see those magi there right like you know and, and we've talked about how the babylonians are the ones who are like associated with you know this sorcery and um astrology and all the rest of it right like how that's right. actually kind of a little bit of a reminder of the return from exile right there i mean like the, the seeing those guys with their gifts i mean that is the the exiles returning from babylon returning home being able to worship the the messiah you know who who well, is god so that's a very interesting connection i hadn't thought of it that way to be honest with you so that's that's very good yeah i like that yeah it's it's you know i mean it's just anyway it, it's 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 a it's a it's a connection that probably we ought to make make more of because you know we we sometimes just are like you know okay yeah there's that old old testament stuff but <clears throat> so yes it, it all ties together uh beautifully here this, this yeah, connection I, I, here I, I, I kind of get this feeling, you know, that, you know, for you shall not go out in haste. You shall not go in flight. You know, take your time. I want the nations to see this. I want the nations to yeah. know. I want them to see the power of God as I protect my people. That, you know, that he builds up. There, there are people and there, you know, he's... He's not going to be put to shame, you know. He's going to he's going to show his strength, and and his people are no longer going to be looking shameful either. You know, they're going to be looking strong, and uh, they're going to be looking like the people who uh, definitely um, are have God on their side, and all of what He's going to bring to them as as, as they march toward their future, and uh, and the glory that God is going to show them. Uh, as they go back to Jerusalem and Zion to rebuild. A a amen. It's uh, it it's an interesting contrast. You know, it makes a point of that. You shall not go out in haste. You shall not go in flight. I I, I wonder if this is actually a deliberate contrast with um, leaving Egypt um, in in the Exodus oh, yes. and the Passover, right? Yeah. Because there yeah. there they were getting out kind of in a hurry. I mean, it was it wasn't even kind of in a hurry. The whole thing was was the whole right. thing was in a hurry. It was like you know, hey, when you eat this meal like you know stay stay standing right <laughs> with your like with your belt buckled and your staff in hand like you're gonna get out of here right um and you can you need to get moving and of course it's because like you know there's going to be like chariots and horses and all the rest chasing after you pretty soon as you leave egypt right and so i mean i i wonder if this is a this is a direct comparison because in some ways it's like hey guys this is going to be even better than than i mean the exodus because here you're just being given all of this gold and and they're not even it's not even going to be any hurry they're they're going to like i'm going to have them uh, send soldiers to escort you even you know i mean it's just like um it, it's just as you were saying just for all the world to see there's there's something even better than i mean that foundational event in israel's history Right, right, and that's 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 pretty much how I see it. Of course, we see God's power in both of these exoduses. Right, the, you know, we see the, the power of God. You know, to make haste 
to leave Egypt um, really was was really a matter of again everything falling together in God's timing to get them up against the uh, the Red Sea, which becomes the very vehicle by which God uh, destroys the armies of Egypt. You know, so right. and 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 is also the same same uh, same place where, of course, um, the people of God are spared and saved through the water, uh, which, you know, of course, then it becomes attached to the imagery that we now have in baptism. So it's just, there's so much going on in both exiles, you know, both of them when they're leaving. Uh, one, I, I really like that contrast, you know, uh, that you pointed out between uh, the exile from Egypt and the, and the exile from Babylon. And I think also it goes back into that connection looking forward again to the Magi, where, I mean, there's this idea, um, the Lord will go before you and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. I mean, how interesting that that was with the whole thing with the Magi, because, you know, they go and they show up in Jerusalem. And I mean, that is, isn't that striking that they actually go to Jerusalem just like the exiles did, right? Right, um, th- right. Like they don't actually immediately show up where the Lord is um, actually, right? Um, so, so that's, that's an interesting point all by itself, but then the Lord will go before you as he did with the star that was guiding them. Right. And and then like, because the angel comes and shows up in a dream, right. He actually has them go back and avoid, um, Herod altogether so that they and, and the Christ child are protected. Um, I mean, you even have that connection, I think, looking forward between uh, oh, the Magi and this, uh, instance in the exile. Absolutely. You know, the same uh, characteristics of God are demonstrated in all of those cases. Yeah, in, in, yeah even in the uh, exile of yeah, Jesus and uh, Mary and Joseph, you know, whenever they uh, were leaving, uh, the threats uh, that they were receiving with, with King Herod, too. I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it's really interesting when you follow that all the way through. Uh, right. God is at work in all of that, fulfilling his will. That's, that's right. Yeah, no, that that whole thing. You're right. It, it's like not only is it um, the return from exile, but I mean, when they when they go to Egypt and they leave Egypt, it, it's it's like they're repeating the the Exodus. So I mean, it's just it really yeah. is an amazing repetition of the whole history of Israel, including this moment here in Isaiah 52 with the return from Babylon. We only have um, a little bit of time now. Uh, for these last three verses. And uh, I mean, I don't feel too bad about it because uh, next time we'll be able to talk like the whole time about um, this sort of more of a good Friday kind of theme. But I do want to have a few minutes here to talk about, okay, now, um, you know, how does this fit together? You know, does it make sense to put Christmas right next to good Friday? So uh, we have some, some verses, a few things to take a look at still. So let's go ahead and look at the last three verses, picking it up at verse 13. Behold, My servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him for that which has not been told them they see and that which they have not heard they understand. So, so the, and there it is, right? There, 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 the chapter ends, and it feels in some ways like you're kind of like, well, hang on, why they end the chapter there? Well, I mean, it is interesting because in, in that local context of the return from exile, I, I think it still does fit, right? I mean, this idea of, you know, it shall be high and lifted up. Well, I mean, that's what we were talking about, right? Like, awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Um, you know, this idea of kind of get up from the dust and arise, Right. I mean, so it does actually kind of fit that idea of, you know, you were in exile, right? You were marred and beyond human semblance, right? You know, that's that's how it felt like in exile. And now you're going to leave um, and it's going to be glorious, right? Kings shall shut their mouths um, because of him. So I think it actually does fit the the context like that. And maybe that's why it's still in chapter 52. But But of course when we compare it then to Christ, it feels like it's talking about like a whole different thing. And that might be why it's the reading for good Friday. Right. Right. I mean, and it doesn't get any clearer than that as far as what, uh, what this, what this servant was going to do either. And now I understand that there, that, that and maybe you've talked about this before, uh, in one of your other, um, shows, but Isaiah 
and has four servant songs, and this yeah. is actually the beginning of the fourth uh, song. So I'm not sure how much you've elaborated on that, but but um, the, this section really ends up uh, kind of closing out the words that are spoken by Isaiah to the one who is coming as uh, as the one who is going to be redeemer, uh, the one who. Uh, really purchases us and buys us back so that uh, we can we can receive the salvation that God has for us but i you know as you were reading these again i, w- I was reminded of the fact you know this this part where it's talking about kings shall shut their mouths because mm. of him and i remember in a study with uh, uh at a at a pastor's gathering i can't remember exactly where it was um you know we talked about this this the shutting of their mouths uh, and the reason that their mouths were shut, at least that was uh, being proposed there, is that, that they were in shock because yeah. they were astounded by this one who is supposed to be king, this one who is supposed to be Messiah, uh, at least this is the claim that they're hearing, and they're, they're astounded by his humiliation. Uh, and, then, and then again, by the exaltation of what he what he did as well you know not just how humble he was unto death but even how exalted he was in life you know in 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 this resurrection from the dead and even in ascension so uh you know nations and people were just amazed about what took place just from the beginning uh when he went all the way down into death and into the grave and into into hell and then and then all the way to be lifted up again uh those who got to witness that those who got to see that um, it wouldn't be just kings, but but all people, uh, you know, would would have probably been standing there the way the disciples stood there, looking and staring and gawking up into heaven as Jesus was lifted up uh, into the heavenly places. I mean, this is yeah. this is all so amazing that it it affects everyone, and especially even the leaders of nations. And it was just yeah. uh, this is just a beautiful picture. Yeah, no, thanks for bringing that out. I mean, there is something about that that, I mean, you, you, this could be the reading, right, for like Ascension Day, right? I mean, yeah, like, he shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted, you know, like he was so marred, recalling Good Friday, right? But, you know, here he is, he's lifted up and, you know, kings shut their mouths as he's exalted as the king of kings, sprinkled many nations, like, well, I mean, how many people were baptized on Pentecost, right? I mean, like, you know, 3,000, right? So, I mean, there is, uh, yeah, there's also kind of like that reading too, you know? I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it is amazing how these these three verses here just seem to be uh, so applicable to, to so many um, different moments in, in the life and ministry of our Lord Jesus. Um, only like, you know, 10, 15 seconds left here, but any, any concluding thought here? Well, yes, I you know the the high and lifted up, of course, here in, within this context is is the lifting up of, of Christ to to um, be servant, one who would give up his life on the cross, you know, lifted up high on the cross. But yet at the same time, uh, just the the lifting up uh, of our Lord to be exalted uh, to a place that we know uh, has been promised to us as well that uh, salvation is ours. And what better season, really, right now than Advent to to be in this part of God's word. Amen. Yes. I mean, in this Advent theme, just tying, like we were saying at the beginning, tying it all together here. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, have it's always a, a blessed Thank you. Advent season and a, and a happy and Merry Christmas as well. Everybody, that was Pastor Curtis Dieterding, pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida. Thanks for joining us today. And we thank again our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org. Till next time, I'm Pastor A.G. Espinosa. Peace. Listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.